And we're back. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Thanks for checking out Dominate Real Estate again. Got my man, Jeff Joachim. Joachim to my Haitian family that's watching. And, uh, oh, wait, you are my Haitian family. but Yes, sir. Go right ahead. This is <laughs> this is Brian Joseph. <laughs> you have like a embarrassing like Haitian nickname at all, like Ye- Fafa or Fofo or something like that. You got one of them? I do. What I do. It? I do. Uh, Don't yen. get scared. Now. Huh? Yen. Yen. Yeah. Like Ye- my, my, my like mom. Like the Asian currency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Brian, but Yen. I don't accept this. <laughs> I don't Yen. Eris Mike. It's only it. like my mom. And her friends. I ain't calling no grown man yeah. delicious. Yeah, don't, Yen? don't, don't, don't. Yen, out here getting money. Don't, don't, uh, yeah, I should have never said that. Oh, it's over. It's out there for the world. <laughs> the world now. I should have never said that, man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I was thinking about today? Speaking of yen. Mm-hmm. Yesterday's price is not, not today's. today's price. That's what I was thinking about. What, what, what made you start thinking about that? So I'm talking a lot of, uh, for lack of a better term, scary ass investors. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that are thinking about the interest rates that are changing, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of different things when it comes to this real estate market, right? And here we are sitting at like 30 year historic lows on interest rates for uh, an artificially inflated amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then we finally had to get back to normal rates or getting toward normal <laughs> toward normal rates and everybody's like, oh my gosh, the world is over. Mm-hmm. How you feel about these interest rates, the Fed, and all that crazy stuff? The Fed just raised the rates up again, like yesterday, point oh seven five. Yesterday's. <laughs> we need a drop button, but I'm gonna keep doing that. Yeah. So what what do I think about it, man? Um, you're gonna stop investing. You gotta go get a job now. No, nah, it's a buyer's market now. Really? That's what I feel. Wow. Because everyone's scared. But, but I thought all the investors like they they run inside. Like Warren Buffett's gonna start. You know, they no. say he eats a Big Mac a day. He's going to start working at McDonald's now. <laughs> That's not the case. Investors are still making money. If they wasn't making money, they would, like the, the the country would be down, right? Wow. If the millionaires, the billionaires wasn't making money? Yeah. You know, I, um, I well, yeah, they're, they're still going to keep investing. I think, uh, and I read this somewhere, that real estate and the market moves like a pendulum, right? Mm-hmm. And as it swings, you just ride that momentum depending on what's the better investment. Yeah. Um, I think if your only mindset, first of all, in investing is just to only flip, you're going to have some problems, Mm -hmm. right? Because the minute that the price isn't going directly up in a straight line, or if you're buying with some very thin margins, then you got a problem. But I think there's certain investment strategies that work for regardless of how the market is set up, right? Like uh, buy and hold, Mm -hmm. right? If you're cash flowing something, then... I mean, getting that rent is still going to be the same thing as long as, you know, well, rent is outrageous right now. But doesn't that affect, right? So let's say if your money's not going as long enough, right? Mm-hmm. If your money's not going as long and I'm a renter and I can't, I'm not saying I can't. You're the renter or a landlord? Which one? I'm con- You're the landlord. I'm the renter. Okay. Right? So you own the property. You're yep. cash flowing yes, this property. Yeah. I move in. <laughs> I move into this property, right? Mm-hmm. Inflation, all this stuff, yo. It costs $10 for a carton of eggs now, mm-hmm. right? Baby, my, uh, we. Yesterday's. Yeah, everything, mm-hmm. right? So, me, now I can't, I, I'm unable to afford my rent. Yeah. So, you as an investor, yep. what would you do in that situation? Okay. So, if I'm if I'm clear on this, 
You're saying if the economy causes your because this this is what uh, people with analysis paralysis think about before they start what? getting into the investing. What if the what if my tenant is not going to pay my yeah mm-hmm. okay so what if they can't afford it so how do I still get involved in the business yes so a couple different things right um, if you think about okay if I go on an airplane right there's a chance that it could crash and I could die right but then when you really look into the statistics. <laughs> mm-hmm you're more likely to die in a car car, car crash, crash right yep. so we gotta we gotta separate <laughs> we gotta separate perception versus reality mm-hmm. so i think arming yourself with knowledge and seeing what's happening mm-hmm. uh is is very important mm-hmm. and so one statistically how many people are really going to default two um how good are you doing when it comes to evaluating your person Right? Mm. Did you just put a tenant in there and not call any of the references? Mm. Right? Like we've all had our homeboy claim to be our old boss, yeah. right? And say, "Oh yeah, he's a great worker. Yeah, he makes this much money." But how much legwork did you do? Yeah, yeah. To put that person in there, right? Uh, what kind of job are they in? Are they in a very seasonal job? Right? Are they in like the COVID mask business, mm-hmm. and you're putting them in your your place as a tenant with some very seasonal work, yeah. right? Do they, are they a Christmas tree farmer, you know, or something, yeah. something that, well, you probably make money all year long doing that, but how well are you verifying and vetting your clients? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and so at a certain point in time, there's risk involved, both risk comes reward, right? Yep. So I think doing a better job of vetting your tenants. Um, I think, uh, using some, some good judgment, right? Sometimes, I don't know, for me, uh, I like to be at the intersection of book smarts and street smarts. So mm-hmm. I have a little bit of instinct, right? Follow some story, maybe look somebody in the eye and be mm-hmm, like, hey, mm-hmm. what's going on? But yeah, th- it's going to happen from time to time. You know, that's why it's investing and it's not yeah. a guarantee. But uh, it's worst case scenario, what happens if you have to get rid of a tenant? You know, there's different ways of doing it. You know, um, some the traditional route that people know is like, oh my gosh, we got to evict somebody. They're going to punch a hole in the wall. We got to drag them kicking and screaming. We got to mm-hmm. get the police. It's going to be a shootout, hostage situation, <laughs> right? You can always, shootout. You can, <laughs> something that people don't really think about. <laughs> Some people, people don't really think about mm-hmm. is cash for keys. Yeah. So, well, two different ways, right? One, you can be like, hey, look. Um, so right now, you know you're behind on rent. Right. And I could probably ruin your life right now by doing this, following this eviction and good luck finding a place to live. Mm-hmm. Or you can just be cool and you can get out of here and I'll work with you as long as my house is tidy and it's in good condition. Like instead of spending $500,000, whatever it may be in your state uh, to go ahead and do an eviction and going through that long process, I think a lot of times Problems don't even have to get to court. And whenever you go to court in general, they're like, did you try mediating this? That's like the first thing they ask you. Yeah. Right. Uh, business disputes, uh, relationship disputes. It's like, did you try to talk? And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I didn't try that. But I think a lot of times people do a lot of saber rattling. They get they're quick to start threatening people. You better be out or else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found in a lot of cases that if you just have a conversation with somebody and say, hey, look, I understand things happen. Um, and you understand what's got to happen now based on the position I'm in as a landlord. Um, however, we can be reasonable 
uh, we can probably come to some kind of agreement because mm-hmm. the only person that makes money is all the lawyers. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, with that being said, you can do you can offer them a way out, and sometimes yeah, I can spend five hundred dollars on paying paying an attorney. I can spend five hundred dollars on helping you transition to your next place. Yeah, seems counterintuitive, but the business decision at the end of the day, how much money you spend, how much time you spent on vacancy, I will have somebody sweep the whole place clean, and put all the trash on the corner, and give me a nice pristine unit to live in. Um, you know, versus evicting them if that's a possibility. Yep. What do you think? So. You're just kicking people out, Yen. <laughs> <laughs> you heard a yay, you got Yen here. So <laughs> <laughs> it's over for you. You should have never told me that. <laughs> yeah. So um managing a few of my dad's properties, we've dealt with almost every situation that you could think of. Hmm. Right? So we've had squatters in there, we had people now pay, we had evictions, we had a lot of that, right? We had all right, the person one person moved out. But the other person that wasn't on the lease ended up staying, and we had to evict that person, and we had to go through it, and ended up being a squatter situation. So there's a lot of unconventional ways you can go about it, right? That's that's that, oh, yeah, come put me out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Take the doors off. Mm. Send the boys in there, right? If you got the goons. Yeah, I forgot you're from Philly. Them, (laughs) Them Johns. Yeah, send the Jones to go get them. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, but there's a there's a, a bunch of different ways. Do you just do you go straight for, uh, straight for the court the court way, or do you? Is there the, an escalating level of force that you're applying? Like depends what? on the tenant, right? It depends on the interaction with the tenant. It depends on all of that, right? Oh. So if they're ignorant, you're ignorant. You got to be fight fire with fire. All right. Okay. All right. Wow. That's good. That's good to know. Um, yeah, I think, I think everything is an option. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, but <laughs> folks will get so, like you said, will get so wrapped up in only the worst way this could work out for the, so the inception of people being a landlord or Lord of the land, they've had tenants that haven't been paying. Yeah. They all get dealt with. So, it, it so how but, but if the market shifts and you're and, and this there's an uptick mm-hmm. in um evictions or potential evictions um you think that's going to have a lot of people standing on a sideline or, or thinking about that um yeah and i love it i don't know how you feel about that but i love it <laughs> it's not for everybody right everybody's a damn yeah. realtor nowadays everybody's a damn investor everybody's mm-hmm. a rapper right mm-hmm. We need we need some people that I need more reasons for people to not be in this business, so that way these prices can come down and I can scoop up more. Mm-hmm. That's how a lot of us feel that have been doing this, that have been through a couple of different market cycles. And guess what? That opens up um, <clears throat> pissed off landlords, landlords that want to get out. They're now distressed sellers. Yep. So yeah, we're. <laughs> I think wherever there's a challenge, I see an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, wherever. I think people that are very built on a lack of resourcefulness or hard work, a lot of people just have like, I've got one direction that I can go in. Like, you know, I guess what NASCAR drivers make left turns, whatever it is. Like, these people just go straight, and they don't, I don't know, know anything about NASCAR. Me neither, but you know, I think I read it in a book somewhere. But either way, like, <laughs> um, 
a lot of people don't know how to deviate, how to adapt. And that adaptability to be like, oh, okay. So we got a bunch of distressed landlords. <laughs> I was buying from distressed sellers. Now I'm buying from fake investors mm-hmm. who, um, who scare easily. All right. You know, psh, eviction. I've done 10 of those this week. Yeah. Right. Like, let's go. I'll take yours for you. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. It does open up some, some pretty good opportunities when it comes down to it. Um, what about from a home buyer's perspective? Right. Like a mm-hmm. owner occupant. So yeah, you know, uh, Brian decides to start, um, you know, his family, he's got a bunch of little yens running around <laughs> and yen, jun- yen junior. Gotta relax. <laughs> yen, yen, yen junior and, and them, right. You want to get your, you want to get your, a crib together, mm-hmm. but man, look at these interest rates. They're no longer at 3%. They're at 8% right now. Mm-hmm. What's going on? We just rent forever. So my take on it is. How does that, how's that going to affect the consumers? Like the owner occupants. For, for a uh, person. Yeah. For real estate. How I see it is when it comes to, to the interest rates, I, I feel like we've already, we we've passed that point, right? Of. COVID, pandemic, everything shut down. This is the, the lowest set we're going to get to, right? Mm-hmm. Now, everything, so much money has went out there. Everything has to get back to normal, mm-hmm. right? So maybe right now, as someone coming in brand new, if you can't afford it, if you can't afford it, buy a house, right? Because houses always appreciate, right, over the long term, right? Do your research. It's going to appreciate. But, 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 Brian, the price fell by 5%. Once the interest rates rose, what do you mean they always go up? Yeah, but that's when you look. So is the price right now? Let's look at okay. What are we looking at? Five years? We're looking at ten years? We're looking at twenty years? We're looking at thirty years? For nineteen eighty, that's I'm same a millennial. House. All I think about is right now. <laughs> I think in fifty fifteen second clips because of TikTok. That's all I can think about is right now. Mm-hmm. The sky is falling, Brian. Are you telling me there's life beyond fifteen second intervals? Yes, there's life. There's 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 life after that. There's 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 easier ways to not easier ways. There's because if you go based off of what they're saying on the media, everything's bad, right? No, I I feel you. And and realistically, wow, it's intrusive. But realistically, (laughs) (laughs) the damn Siri, Siri's got something to say, y'all. I think that what one of my favorite quotes is buy land and not making more of it mm-hmm. like it's a finite supply yeah well hold on elon's gonna take us to mars so you might be able to buy something up there or i can live in a metaverse a moon might be for sale yeah that's true yeah but there i mean is real estate on the metaverse yeah. what's you know your what? take on that real so i'm gonna get to that in a second but let me okay. let me let me finish up on this uh the owner occupant thing right my take is that I feel like home sellers right now are Kanye West. Mm, what you mean? Heard that Adidas are going to go on sale pretty soon here. <laughs> I, I heard Adidas going to start putting it out without the logo on uh-huh. there. And everybody's going to have some boost right now. I'm going to start dropping yens. <laughs> see? You embraced it. You got to lean into it. You got to lean into it. I see what you did there. But, yeah, I feel like home sellers are going are gonna to have to be humbled. Mm-hmm. Like. Come on, man. We how many people we knew when you're sitting in the barbershop was like, "Yo, I'm buying Bitcoin. Yo, that sh- it keeps going up and up." Yeah, 
right? Everybody was a genius. Yeah. Everybody was sitting there. Uh, yo, I'm saying, yo, so you know, I dabble a little. I'm an investor. I do a little crypto. <laughs> and then the market crashed. Yeah. Well, 10 seconds later, right? Like, you know, Bitcoin, 25K, 50K, 60K, $10, yeah. right? Like, everybody is a, every home seller, they're feeling like the, you know, like the hot chick. Like, everybody wants them. Everybody's in their DMs, whatever it is. And they still feel like that now? Oh, it's a, uh, it's there's a little nervousness out here now, mm-hmm. which it's natural. It's supply and demand. It's going to have to change at some point in time. It's not there yet mm-hmm. because realistically we're at an unprecedented time. Uh, so we have a weird supply. I hate saying the word supply chain, but we have a weird supply chain issue where we don't have we normally whenever you run out of houses, right? You know, uh, to where you have low inventory, the prices go up. Yeah. So what happens? Builders start to build more houses or more people start to list eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but builders can't build houses fast enough because of supply chain issues. They have delays on roofs, trusts, windows, all yeah. types of things. You're like, man, nothing's made uh, here. <laughs> like everything's from somewhere. Yeah, we we had roofs, but they're coming from Lithuania. It's always some random place. Yeah. Um, and China, Trump voice. <laughs> so, but... <laughs> but <laughs> You know, you you have all of these supply chain issues that's keeping us from flooding the, the market with inventory. So it's, I think it's going to take a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. And it's really going to have to come organically from more people listing or houses sitting on the market a little bit longer because interest rates are too high, quote unquote, for people to afford the same level of house they wanted. Mm-hmm. Right. So but I think that's good. It creates more competition and cyclically the price goes down. Um, not like Bitcoin, where in five minutes it goes down. It happens as appraisals start to come in and ho- houses appraise lower and lower. Uh, over a quarterly basis, it starts to decline a little bit more. So do you think investors should wait or investors should buy? I think an investment is a good deal when you buy it. Mm-hmm. So we have to be clear on what an investment is. Yeah. So if you're looking to speculate and buy something and hope that it turns into something based off of appreciation, you're not investing. But there's always a good deal in any market mm-hmm. it's just a matter of is there is are there a hundred distressed sellers or are they 10 um and are you talking to the right people in that period of time mm-hmm. so but yeah i mean yesterday's price <laughs> i didn't have the most <laughs> emphasis that i had but you know it might you know today yeezys it's an incredible deal if you get them at you know i don't know 99 dollars. yeah but yesterday you know, it could have been something more or something less. So yeah. it's all relative to to whatever it is. So, yeah, you should always be picking up properties mm-hmm. um, and negotiating good deals. Um, you know, one of my mentors has been buying properties since the 70s. Like, man, doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. he, and his, his strategy is different, right? So sometimes you're land banking where you're holding a piece of land and then you're waiting for that building boom to come back around and you're selling that yeah sometimes you're you know you're buying and okay probably not the right conditions for me to be flipping but i can do a buy and hold and i can scoop up all these properties on a buy and hold basis that are cash flowing really well and then eventually i can you know take an exit on that maybe you're moving into a different asset class like commercial right so you're buying some multifamily with value add um, you're raising the rents gradually, and then mm-hmm. you're doing a you know a, a flip later on. You don't think uh, now would be a a better time to flip? 
So, again. With, uh, I only ask that because with there being sh- the the supply and demand being a little bit, there's less less supply now, mm-hmm. right? The demand everyone wants to buy right now. So, for me personally, uh, I think you can flip. But mm-hmm. what I'm what I'm buying right now are properties that have multiple exit strategies on. Gotcha. So I'm buying something that I know that either I can flip it or I can refi out of it and just do a burr, mm-hmm. basically. Now, I'm more of a long-term buy and hold person anyway, um, and so I subscribe to the burr strategy as it is. What's the burr strategy for people that don't know? So that's going to be buy, renovate, rent, refinance, repeat. Mm-hmm. So it's where you buy a property with the intention of, uh, you know, so let's real, use some real numbers for a property that I, I recently did. Um, I, buy, I buy a property that um, I can go ahead and purchase for cash. I bought one for $120,000. It is worth about $240,000, mm-hmm. right? So needed about... 20k in renovations to make it rent ready mm-hmm. so it's 140 right and then when i go to the bank the bank will lend me about 75 percent uh, depending on a lender 70 it ranges 70 to 80 percent this particular case was about 75 percent of mm-hmm. the appraised value okay the bank would lend me so if i'm all into this property for 140 uh, i think the it was it, the numbers wound up being somewhere around the ballpark of one hundred and eighty thousand dollars. the bank was able to lend me okay so i was able to pull out my initial investment of 140 plus get 40k in my pocket mm-hmm. right and have zero dollars into this deal that's cash flowing that property is cash flowing for twenty five hundred dollars a month mm-hmm. um i think my payments are uh you know below two thousand mm-hmm. dollars so and having zero dollars into a deal is an infinite return yeah so that's a way for people to put cash into something I'd take an additional $20,000 that they had or whatever cash they have and keep rolling it from property to property to property. Um, so you put your down payment in, your cash in, pull it all out or majority of it out, mm-hmm. move on to the next property by buying, renovating, renting it out, refinancing, and then repeating. And typically the bank wants to see that your property is performing before they'll even give you any kind of like uh, refinance option. Okay, so it has to be rent already rented yeah. out. Yeah. So sometimes they call it a seasoning period. Okay. Um, you know, is kind of the term that you hear, which is basically I want to see how long has it been performing for. Mm-hmm. Uh, this house was one that I thought I was going to flip. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm going to find a buyer for this for two forty, um, and it was a unique property that had two units. Um, over in Daytona Beach, I had two units, and uh, at first I was hoping that I could get it as a well. I was looking at all the different exit strategies. I'm glad you brought this up. So, in one sense, I was like, okay, I could probably Airbnb this thing. Um, then I could just always do a regular rental, or I could flip this property. Mm-hmm. So I had three outs, but I knew this thing was worth two forty. Mm-hmm. Airbnb, uh, city of Daytona has very strict requirements and there's certain areas that you can airbnb so if you're not on a1a beachfront avenue you got that millennial <laughs> i don't know what that is does vanilla ice nah that's before my time you ain't got that it's before my time come on man i think i'm part of gen x i don't think i'm a millennial <laughs> either i'm a grandpa millennial <laughs> uh, 
yeah anyway so <laughs> somebody's gonna appreciate that yeah out there in the, the metaverse so i was thinking there was going to be multiple options brian i was thinking that for this property um i could go ahead and airbnb it because mm-hmm. it's in daytona beach right for as soon as you hear beach you're thinking airbnb right i was thinking i could hold on to it as a rental and cash flow since it was two units um, or I can just flip this thing. I mean, it's worth 240 and I'm into it for 120 before rehab, 140 mm-hmm. afterwards. So what wound up happening? City of Daytona, you can only have an Airbnb in certain sections. It's very heavily regulated. We weren't the first person. Uh, so shockingly, I wasn't the first person in the world that decided that I would try to Airbnb outside of the zoned areas. Um, so much so that like their code enforcement is on it. Um, and you can only do it around A1A. Gotcha. Beachfront Avenue. Gotcha. You smell what I'm stepping in? Uh-huh. You picking up what I'm putting down? I get it. Man, <laughs> these kids. <laughs> Anyways, so it was out of the Airbnb zone. Mm-hmm. So that option's off the table. All right. Um, yeah, the market market started changing a little bit. Right. Things started getting a little in that little pocket. And when I say the market, I think people don't realize there's a – there's the macro and there's the micro when it comes to this market. Some areas are still going to be crazy, right? Like mm-hmm. Winter Park is a high-value area here. Um, in recessions, it's not going to get impacted as much. Um, some places that the minute that some bad news comes out, the price is going to drop. So when I say the market, it's not one big monolith. It's it's broken down into these different sub-markets that are going to make more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Florida could be on fire, like going crazy value-wise, and you know parts of New York can be – having something different, Philly, et cetera. So in this particular pocket, things slow down a little bit. Um, this was such a unique property because, uh, you know, you really got to think about who is your target buyer for this type of house. It was a house that was a two one that had a detached in-law suite. That was a one bedroom, one bath. Mm. So that's a, either somebody that's either a couple who wants their mother-in-law to live in that mm-hmm. mother-in-law type suite. Yeah. That's either an investor who's looking for that unique type of setup, but a good portion of your market is going to want to have their whole family together. So, um, you know, that left me with a limited buyer base and I did a basic rehab on this. I made like apartment grade finishes. It wasn't anything super high end. Yeah. Just enough to get things to cash flow. So, I'm left with a situation where I was thinking to myself, should I um, still keep this on the market or should I just go and try to go into a burst strategy? But thankfully, I had a diverse a property with a diverse uh, variety of exit strategies that I could use. Mm-hmm. And that allowed me to go to the bank, uh, tell them I wanted to refi this property. I was able to pull out cash um, and then still be able to get cash flow, which with this burst strategy, it's an infinite return. So with this deal, right, you won on the buy. Like 100% yeah. you won on the buy because you looked at what you were getting it for. You seen, yeah. You already seen how much you was going to need to put in for construction. Correct. So a deal's a deal when you buy it. Yeah. Right? Like, and um, if the market's changing, that means a couple different things. That means properties are probably going to be sitting a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. That means you can negotiate some better deals with multiple exits. Um, but yeah, investors don't stop investing to, yeah. to your original point. Um, they're going to um, get smarter on how they buy. If you're diversified through a couple different properties, some might you might be taking losses on or you know not getting as much. 
Um, but <laughs> you know, unless there's like a black swan event, mm-hmm. um, it's not like you're sitting there and your house is worthless tomorrow. Right. So yeah, when people are getting calls that said, Hey, Lehman brothers, just got shut down or bear Stearns, whatever it is when, when they had the 08 crash, like it was, Hey, the biggest companies have gone under. Yeah. Right. We thought the pandemic was going to be that, but we had, did we have that V shape recovery they're speaking of? Did we fly? We haven't recovered. We had one, right? What do you mean from from the pandemic? No, I don't think so. I mean, when I was talking to investors, they're like, man, we're, we're, it's about to be crazy. I don't know if I'm buying. A lot of people are still waiting for like a big crash. Yeah. Do you think it's going to happen? Do I think it's going to happen? A big crash? No, I don't think like a big crash is going to happen. So, I think a correction is is definitely happening. We're in the middle of it. Yeah, it's, think, it's like happening as we speak. Yeah, I think I think people their last experience with what a crash was or what a market shift was or a recession was was oh eight, right? And that was there are several factors that are playing in a part. It was wild lending, mm-hmm. you know. Like, it's funny, I was watching, like, Cocaine Cowboys the other day, <laughs> and I was like, these guys are just doing whatever they wanted back then. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, it was just, that's what, that's what the, that was the lending industry. Mm-hmm. You know, if you watched Wolf of Wall Street, that was based on the penny stock industry and how people were just going crazy out there, like, and until that became regulated. Now, now you're not having that same thing happen. Well, maybe crypto, who knows? But, like, that Wild Wild West where people are just doing robo loans and uh, that you time that along with where you're at in a market cycle, you know, and I think it created a perfect storm of events. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, if somebody's, I was talking to a good friend of mine and he was telling me, yeah, I bought a house for a hundred thousand dollars, did nothing to it. And I listed it, you know, two days later and I sold it for one forty. In 08. That's the type of life he was living. Damn. You know, so that type of stuff is unsustainable, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the same thing occurs. Uh, but normal, normally recession is normal. Like every it's <laughs> it's for every type of investment class there is it. You have your your market cycles where you have, um, you know, if you start at recession, you have recovery right after a period of time after um, recovery, you have expansion. Right, which is where things are starting to pick up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Then you have hyper supply where you have too much, but it it's written in a book somewhere. It's online. You can Google it. It's everywhere. So it's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> like there's going to be too much of stuff. There's <laughs> the market has to regulate itself somehow, and just a matter of if you can see it's coming, if you see what's happening, you make an adjustment and you switch to a strategy that's going to work for all of that. But yeah. no, it can't be all flips every day. The price can't keep going up ev- all day every day. Yeah. Um, so then that's just going to create different opportunities. So if you're a type of person that isn't resourceful enough to see where you're at, make an adjustment, get into deals that are negotiated in a way that you can have multiple strategies, you're going to get into some trouble. So what, what would be a, um, as an investor, right? As a new and not even newer seasoned, right? So where would they be able to find, where would you recommend them going to find deals like that one that you had in Daytona Beach or something similar. Yeah. So I guess this is where I'm supposed to plug uh, my company and 
and talk about how we do this, but no, uh, I was just, <laughs> but and I'm kidding, but, but realistically, <laughs> that's what we do. Um, so I, the way I think you find deals, if you're trying to do it on your own, first of all, um, it takes diligence and, and a bunch of research, right? So I heard somewhere it's the 1 principle. You can analyze a hundred properties, 10 of them get close, but only one of them you move forward with. Mm-hmm. So, um, you can mitigate a lot of risk by doing a lot of research. I think sometimes people are like, Hey, I got an hour, I got a day. Let me spend a day looking for a property. I find it then good. The best investors I know they're patient and you know, they're almost like when I'm watching those slasher movies and like Jason's just walking and everybody's running at full speed yeah. and he's just steady plodding along. The girl trips over a branch. He's just walking. He just walks mm-hmm. her down. That's what investors do. They walk you down. Right, an investor is always ready to buy something because they got a pocket full of money, and they're gonna wait until you yeah. need their offer. So either you you can be patient and wait for something to come, or you can start a lot of different conversations um, with different home sellers and say, "Hey, look, I understand you want a hundred thousand dollars. Hopefully, the market gives you that. But if it doesn't, I'll be here." Mm-hmm. Right? They're just Pepe Le Pew. Remember <laughs> Pepe Le Pew? Pepe Le Pew. You couldn't make Pepe Le Pew nowadays. Pepe Le Pew was a very aggressive skunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was wild. Mm-hmm. He was wild, wild guy. They canceled him. He has to be. Yeah, they canceled him. I haven't him. seen Pepe in a single theme park. Yeah, they canceled him like he did a couple Pepe. years ago. He did? Mm-hmm. Damn, bro. A wild guy. <laughs> yeah, Pepe, <laughs> Pepe was wild in the streets. <laughs> like, um, But yeah, so before Pepe got me too he was he was very... Aggressive, he kept going for it, right? And I think that's the same thing. Like you start multiple conversations, you walk away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of times people can't stand in that fire when they're negotiating a deal. So, if you have the time to where you can go ahead and uh, start multiple conversations with sellers, eventually that network will start to bear fruit, and people will come to you um, and start to accept the offers that make sense to you. It's not for everybody. Yeah. Now, if you don't have the time to do that, then yes, you can hire a company that negotiates deals for a living. Um, that's part of what we do as we're looking for deals for ourselves as investors. And we obviously can't take down everything that we get. But, you know, our company writes a couple hundred offers a month um, to local sellers. Um, and we start that conversation. And we just let them know, hey, look, we need an investor value. We're not trying to be offensive or write you any kind of lowball offer. But as an investor, this is what it's worth to mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. If it makes sense for you, then we're willing to do business. Um, if not, we completely understand. We can part ways as friends. And so once you start to develop those conversations, I mean, we've been doing this, uh, boy, I mean, two th- 2,000 transactions worth of this uh, since 2012 and beyond. Um, well, actually, I got to market in 2010, but really on the investor side since 2012. And so people start to know you as a person. Hey, look, if you got a deal, bring it to this person. Yeah. Um, and so we have agents that bring us deals before they list them, right? A lot of times it's funny watching how the market changes, how uh, some of these listing agents' attitudes change, right? Oh, man, I got a ton of people writing me offers. How dare you send me that offer to uh, the you up? Tech, you up? You still, oh, you still want, uh, still want, you you still still want this deal? Yeah. So... As the market changes, um, a lot of those people, we follow up with them. We let them know we're still here. But if you can take your time to negotiate a good deal, um, be clear on what your terms are. And, um, you know, as as the market changes, my underwriting shifts a little bit. Hey, you know what? Um, 
you know, there's a hurricane that just hit this area. Um, and hurricanes cause devastation in a couple different ways. Sometimes you see, for those of you not in Florida, you'll see all this mass devastation that's going on. But sometimes it's the little things that'll mess you up, right? A couple shingles fly off your roof. You have a slow drip that keeps coming in storm after yeah, storm. Yeah. And you're a property owner who rolled the dice and didn't get insurance on your property. So, yeah, you didn't have your house fall apart, but somebody made you an offer on your property that you weren't considering, but now you've got a roof to deal with and insurance is taking their time because they're prioritizing people that are devastated first. Yeah. So that might be a situation where if you have enough equity, um, it might make sense to do that, um, you know, or to work out a deal. There's a variety of different situations why, why somebody would do that. But, um, you know, circumstances change, things change. Um, and, you know, of course, we try to be as compassionate as possible to, to folks that have these situations, but they do need an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do need somebody, a buyer in that case. And sometimes we're, we're the right fit for them. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. If you negotiate the right way, then you're good to go. Now, what's this metaverse talk you were talking about, man? <laughs> like, what you, uh, you going digital on me? Wait, wait, wait. Before before we get into the metaverse, right, to, to wrap that up. Brian, so we are in the metaverse. <laughs> go ahead. What you're saying is, for for uh, investors, they should have a basically have their criteria and stick to their criteria. In the, in they the should nutshell. have their yes, they should have their criteria. Um, that criteria has to be flexible with the times, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you see that the market is shifting or there's concern that the market might shift, then you should become more discriminating in how what properties you pick up. If the market is becoming better, well, let's say you you wanted to get an eighteen percent return on these deals, and that's how you're doing your underwriting, but you're getting your there's twenty five percent out there as a new normal. Mm-hmm. You better start getting some of the better deals as well too. Yeah, right. So, um, or if you're just like, look, I'm I'm too rigid. I'm stuck at eighteen percent, but I can only get like seven percent. Either you got to decide to shift your strategy or get out the market if you notice you're only doing one day. So flexibility is kind of where it's at. So I'll, I'll go from, let's say wanting a 25% return to be like, okay, I'll take 15, but now I got to do seven of these deals or, you know, instead of just doing one. Yeah. yeah. So, um, the people that are flexible that deal with in this particular case, um, market circumstances that might not seem as favorable, they build in a buffer. They should be okay. If you look in historically, whenever there's a recession, it, uh, dips by like 20%. You know, maybe you're you put your underwriting window like okay, I pick up deals with twenty five percent equity in them. Um, so, or I'm okay with living with having, uh, you know, a little bit of cash in this deal if I was planning on refinancing. Or I, you know, I wouldn't hate this one if I had to, you know, um, if I had to go ahead and and hold on to this long term. <clears throat> so, uh, but when it comes to these interest rates, I heard the expression, um, you know, marry the house, date the rate. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, the house be with something that you're going to be happy with the rate. There's going to come a point in time where you can refinance. Yeah. At yeah. some point in time. Yeah. Out of that rate. Um, yep. But as long as you can cash flows covering your debt service ratio, um, you know, you should be in pretty good hands. That made you start buying in the metaverse. <laughs> the metaverse. They almost got me. Yeah. They almost got me in there. I was almost in the what's it called? The sandbox. Uh, the central land, the central land, they have sandbox. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I'm all things, you know, I'm invest Jeff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, listen, I got one follower on Instagram. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to up it to two, feel free to get on there. I'm at invest Jeff. I post nothing on there, but who knows? Maybe I get a follower or 10. I might be out there in the meta, the Insta, Instagram, metaverse? Instagram, meta, Instagram is owned by meta. Yeah. I might be out there. Get me up to two followers. Y'all we're going to start this campaign. <laughs> Isn't that what they do? Is that like the YouTube thing to do? Like and subscribe. Like click and the s- button. Yep, take yep. the time. Mash that bell. Like, yep. <laughs> I'm supposed to beg for you. Please. Um, show us so, some love. Yeah, show me some love. Make mm-hmm. me cool. Make me trend. Get me in your algorithm. But no, um, the metaverse. Um, here's the thing that got me out of it. I almost did. I'm, all things investing fascinate me. You almost bought that land right next to Snoop Dogg. Listen. All of snooping them. Uh, so here's what I think about the metaverse. I think our kids exist in the metaverse. Mm-hmm. I think there's a point in time where there's something there, right? So, so what's it like? Back in the day when we were growing up, we're like, hey, um, I'm trying to go outside. I'm trying to get fresh to go to this party. You know, uh, young Yen was out there <laughs> just like, Mom, but Mama, but Mom, Mom, Mama, can I please get a pair of Jordans? Because I'm uh-huh. trying to look cool. Or you're from Philly. You, you wanted the answers or whatever you had. The answers. I wanted my cornrows and my, uh, my headband. The Air Force ones. Yeah. Whatever it was, we wanted to get fresh to go out. I and mean, we wanted uh-huh. to go to a party. We were trying to do all this other stuff. I think younger kids, it's like I want more, was it, roadblocks, Robux? Robux. Yeah, you know it. Yes, sir. Right? Can I get your car for some Robux? Your daughter's going to be asking you pretty soon. Yeah, 100%. And it's no. But anyway, so <laughs> that's what we're doing Android. We got no apps on Android at work. So, They're everywhere. Yeah, so Robux. Um, what happens? Or now you want to start building your character in Fortnite. Hey, I want to get this special pack because he does, you know, this one flosses, this one does the whatever that dance yeah. is called. Right? So. Now it's how do we get fresh to go hang out with our friends? Not imagine back in the day you showed up with without those clean Air Force Ones, you got yeah. laughed out of the laughed out of the place. You show up in the metaverse with your friends when you're going to go game with them, and psh, what you still got the basic character? <laughs> you got no Robux out here, Daddy? Come on, man! Like so, our kids are already there. Yeah, one hundred percent. So they're on rope. They're on that. They're on fort. They're on Fortnite. So what happens when they become an adult? Where are they going to go? They're there. Hey, you know what I'm saying? We're going to grab my boys. We're going to go to the meta club, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Right? And we're going to do meta things with my meta friends. Right? So I believe that they're, that market is catching up to us. It might be stupid. But there's people that are spent like, you know, like you think I care about a digital Allen Iverson jersey? You know but you saying? said you almost uh, got caught up in it. What happened? Okay. So understanding that the world is going to be trending towards this place. I was like, I want in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy this piece of land. So there, what almost got me was it was in the central land. Um, they were selling pieces of a casino. Okay. I was like, word. Cause I was thinking about why would people go onto the metaverse? First thing that's going to get mm-hmm. people in there is going to be gaming and something illicit. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, man, casinos, right? If I'm in a place where gambling's illegal, Right. Uh, Online gaming Mm -hmm. is illegal here in Florida, for example. Um, And I can go into the metaverse, which is anonymous. 
anonymous, excuse me, I can take this crypto and I can play at this digital poker table. Yeah. Right. Um, then I'm going to go do that. Now I can get my fix. And Sounds I'm, like a logical. Uh, right. Yeah. Go for the fiends first. They mm-hmm. need to get served. So, you know, I was thinking to myself, okay, this casino, <laughs> they were selling like little square pieces of the casino floor. Mm-hmm. And it, you could own like a seat at this poker table. And whenever, whenever somebody sat down, you were the house. So you got, you know, a percentage of whatever they gambled Damn. for that one seat. Mm-hmm. I still want to do this, by the way. So don't go buy my, my casino seats. Um, <laughs> that actually sounds like a good deal. So, but by the time I looked at it, it was like $10,000 for this little square piece. Gotcha, gotcha. But you would get, you know, $5 for every, you know, depending on how people sat down at that, mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. the casino was popping. Casino wasn't popping at the time, but the prices were popping. Actually, I should probably go check. It's probably on sale now. Might um, be. So that to me made sense. Then I was like, okay, what else can I do? Yeah, Snoop is in here. Atari's in here. There's a couple of different lands in, in Sandbox and Decentraland. Mm-hmm. And then what I came to realize was that the one thing that separates this digital world or this metaverse from the real life is they're not making any more real land. So let's say sandbox isn't it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you can't make a whole new earth in here. Well, there's other planets. It's going to take some time. Yeah. Over there, cool. Oh, we're out of land in in, uh, <laughs> in, in sandbox or, or in we're about to open or up another one. <laughs> That's it. We can make 10 of them. That's a great point so that's that's where the whole thing went kaboom for me i was like this isn't an asset that's going to increase in value because what gives land well it could be but it's a little bit more speculative because you can always create another one a lot of those nfts man went down a lot of nfts who knows what an nft really is i don't i don't i don't know how to pronounce it there are a lot of people you can't even spell nft can you no like a lot of people you ever watch somebody try to explain to you what NFT was? Or watch people trying to understand what it is? It's crazy. Yeah, you know, what it is is a non feng shui feng shui token. Like uh, NFTs are interesting. Very you ever, interesting. You ever heard of NFTs when it comes to real estate? Uh with contracts. Yeah, what see it was funny, like I just want to see if you understand it. You think you could explain to me what your <laughs> knowledge is of it? That's all that's that's pretty much the extent that i know that someone sold real estate through an nft contract so what i was learning was that uh, nfts could be a way a use case where you can transfer title okay uh, that's smart so if you think about the blockchain mm-hmm. a blockchain is like what a digital register of, of transactions and it's highly encrypted um so that way it's secure so you can clearly see the chain of when something goes from one person to the next yeah so nft it's kind of like, it'll be like, uh, if I imagine somebody saying one use case in the future could be like, you have a NFT that is your deed to your house mm-hmm. and you can see who's owned it before because it's all on a public register. That's the blockchain. And, uh, yeah, it can all be done through, you know, this trustless system that's called the blockchain where you don't have to worry about anybody tampering because it's all public. Mm-hmm. Um, is it crypto. worth changing to that type of system with man you're I, in the title industry i'm just thinking about real estate in general we are technology dinosaurs yes i feel like i mean you've been in other businesses like 
the systems I opened a auto dealership and I'm like, man, look at all these systems they got. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, who would have thought that like mechanics and such are way more. <laughs> all they do is go on their computer, computer, tell them what's wrong with the, yeah. with the car. Right. Mm-hmm. This guy's over there just changing the whole engine <laughs> off of like some, you know, some simulation there. These guys are using AI. They got glasses in there. They're, like there's all type of crazy stuff, but here we are using an abacus to close real estate deals. You know what abacus is? No idea. Wow. No idea. <laughs> An abacus, it's like this counting device. Uh, like you ever go to, to to like a pool hall and you slide over the little. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. abacus is what people used to use to keep count of things. So, <laughs> yeah, we're here using an abacus to do math and transactions and such. But mechanics got it all and these other businesses that I've, I've looked at, they have way more technology. So, yeah, I hope uh, real estate blasts off into the metaverse and NFTs and mm-hmm. All that stuff. I'm I'm here for it, man. I'm here for all of that. That's great. That's great. I think uh we hit on a lot of stuff today, man. You had anything else you wanted to tap on? Yeah, I didn't want to say yesterday's price <laughs> is not today's price. Stop being scared out here. The market's gonna shift. If you're scared, UPS is hiring. Go out there and get a job and let Brian and I buy those deals. But no, and honestly, just arm yourself up with education, um, study the market. Tighten up your deals when it comes down to investing. Um, but whenever you see somebody else is scared or the market is shifting, they say when there's blood on the streets, that's when you should start investing. I'm sure I'm butchering that quote. Um, when there's blood on the streets, get out there and dominate real estate. We out.